Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. The Bible says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you have given me to your people. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to receive the word of the Lord on this day that we call Valentine's Day. And Lord, it truly is all about loving you and loving one another. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to discern the spirit of the Lord that is guiding us as the people of God to follow you in our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and also loving each other. And God, I pray that you would give me the words to speak and the ears to hear what thus says the word of the Lord. God, cover us this morning. And Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we have started three weeks ago, I have taken a long time to get to this point because it's necessary to lay the foundation so that you understand what I'm trying to convey to you. The message of the gospel of Jesus is, is foundational on this statement, that you should love the Lord your God with everything that's within you, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus Christ gives you the ability to do that through the, his word and power and deed. He separates you and delivers you and sets you free. He sets, separates you from the world and delivers you from sin and sets you free from the things that bind you so that you can freely do this. So that it's not a work of a law. It's not a work that you're trying to earn him. It's an act and it's an act of grace, as a product of grace. So let's start at the beginning very quickly. Number one. You cannot expect to live the commandments of God and receive the blessings of God without first being a child of God. You have to come in through grace. You have to be grace. So we talked in the first week of the different areas of grace that are in our lives and how the beginning of Exodus, it speaks of grace, how God divinely lifted us up, how God divinely called us out, how God set us free and walked beside us and helped us to, to live for him and to walk beside him. All these things are an act of grace. Then next week, the next, the following week, I came to the place of not only grace, but then I gave you incentive. You know, there's always good to have somebody have an incentive to do something. You know, uh, so the incentive is, God tells you, I will bless you. I will bless your house. I will bless your lives. I will bless your home. I will bless you if you walk with me. 
If you walk with me, if you obey my commandments, if you be my people, meaning that you're born again, living with Jesus Christ, God's word promises a blessing upon you. It promises deliverance upon you. It promises peace upon you. And all the blessings that I wrote about last week in Deuteronomy 28, all this is required of you living and working in God and being part of the message of the gospel. So, Here's what I want. So I've come through those two. If you need those, sign up for them. We'll get you copies of them. And then we come into the next process here. We go from walking from in grace, living all that the best that God has for you, because we don't want you living in the ways of the world. We want you to live blessed in the best of God for you and your life and your family. And then we move into how do you continue that process in your life? How do you continue God's blessings in your life? And Jesus tells us in the word of God that we are to obey his commandments. So obedience to the commandments on the screen up here are not telling you you're doing these to be saved. Jesus already did that. I need you to say amen so you know that. Obedience to these commandments is not earning your salvation. You couldn't do it good enough to do that. Obedience to these commandments up here is not going to somehow deliver you from from the clutches of sin and Satan. Obedience is an act of your heart of doing what God has told you to do in this world to perpetuate the blessing of God for you in your life. If you do these things, God will bless you as a child of God. So let's read them. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. Exodus chapter 20. These are the Ten Commandments. Found in the word of God. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. That's number one. Number, verse four. You shall not make a, yourself the carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, nor, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is within them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is given to you. Verse 13, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not cover your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. One more verse of scripture, Exodus 31, 18. And when he, when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, meaning God speaking to Moses, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, this covenant, tablets of stone written by the finger of God. 
How many talents were there? Two. The, God doesn't do things by accident. There were two tablets. Two tablets. One, five on one side, five on the other side. Two tablets. And I want to submit to you this morning that if you understand the process, what God is giving to you as a people of following the Lord, you will understand how these, how these commandments relate and how the blessing of God is available. So I want you to look on, on the screen up above you, above me. It says, love God. The first step on understanding the Ten Commandments is that the first five of the Ten Commandments represent relationship between you and God. Between what you need to do between you and God, Him Almighty. The first one is that you, got, you cannot have no other gods but God. That one's kind of obvious. But, that's a, but how do you express love directly to God? You, you devote yourself solely to him. The second thing is that no idols. That means you don't, not only is he emphasizing this, that you should have no other gods before me, but that he's also saying, take anything out of your life that will separate you and me from yourself. You don't have to bow down to it in our modern day world, but there are many things that come before God in your life, in my life as well. We have to make certain that we get rid of them. The third thing that God tells us, if you want to love me, you do not take my name in vain, he tells us. That tells me that by loving God, you do not call yourself of Jesus or call yourself of Christ and be lying. Because if you really want to walk with Christ, you've got to live his word. There, you see, the body of Christ is done damage by people that call themselves a Christian and don't live like it. Because somebody looks at you and calls you a Christian, and then what they do is they associate all Christians with you. I heard this statement over and over and over again, but it's the truth. If you're the only Bible people read, will they know the real thing or not? You see, your life is that representative, so don't take his name in vain. The fourth thing is remember the Sabbath. Remember that you need to rest before God. And I'll get deeper into that one along in a little while. Uh, not today, though. Remember the Sabbath. Honor a day to the Lord's, basically. And then fifth, and I'm not going to answer your question, why is this loving God? But I will tell you that this is a category. This goes under this process. If you are honoring your father and your mother, you are loving your God. And I will tell you later why, on another day, why this is the case. But without this, without all this on this side, God is telling you that if you don't do these things this way, you can't, you're not loving me. So if you want, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's on the other, that's on this side. And then on the other side, the second tablet of stone, remember he got two tablets. The second tablet of stone is now about our horizontal relationships. The first was vertical. The second one is with each other. So loving your neighbor means you don't kill them. That's really nice, you know. <laughs> That's how you love them. You're like, man, I do that every day. I want to kill Bob, but I never do. I follow in the Lord. We'll talk about that one today. Do not commit adultery. That means honor your vow to your husband or your wife. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness and do not covet. I want to submit to you that again, these things found in Scripture are what exactly what God tells us. This is how you love your neighbor as yourself. You don't murder them. You don't commit adultery. You don't steal. You don't bear false witness and you don't covet.
I want to go uh, some scriptures to back this up. I want to first go to Romans chapter 13. Connie, I got this in a different order. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. The Bible says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. He who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now listen to what Paul says in Romans 13, 9. For the commandments, now he goes and lists them. On all of these are on the right that you just saw. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covenant. And if there's any other commandment are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul said all the commandments that were on the right side of your screen, they are all summed up by saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Meaning that it goes deeper within that. Verse 10 tells us, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, this is a rabbinic or rabbi teaching that if you want to delve into that, do research on Romans 13.10 and how Paul is quoting some rabbi somewhere. I don't have time to get into that, but you, some of you Bible uh, scholars out there, you get into that. That will help you understand where he's getting this process. But follow me here. Lo- doing no harm to somebody is the opposite way of saying this, but it still means the same thing. If I'm loving my neighbor as myself, that means I'm not doing harm to them. I'm not doing harm to the person next to me. I'm not hurting them in any way. I'm not, I'm not coming against them. I'm not attacking their house. I'm not attacking their, their, their family and their lives. I'm doing no harm to the person beside me. And so we, we understand neighbor as this process. Now listen to what Matthew tells us in Matthew 5, 17. Matthew 5, 17. Jesus says in teaching about the commandments, he's saying, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I don't know how many times I hear people saying, Jesus destroyed the law. Jesus destroyed it. I hear it all the time from people that don't read the Bible. That's mean, but it's the truth. He says it right there. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Fulfill. So within Jesus is that fulfillment. For uh, surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does, does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You know why I teach this? Because I'm obedient to God. But you know, I'm trying to earn credit. I'm not trying to earn my way into heaven. But I'm teaching you, thus says the word of God, because when I get there, he's going to tell me, I put the microphone in your hand. What did you do with it? What did you do? Did you teach my people to live a, how to live a blessed life, how to live an abundant life? Did you teach them that, that principle that says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly? Did you teach them this principle? Or did you try to do it your way, your plan, and not teach them the word? God has given you everything you need to live blessed and holy, and your home be blessed, and your life be blessed, and everything around you to be blessed. But you've got to obey the word of God in your life. 
Let me reemphasize this one more time. This is not earning your salvation without Jesus Christ saving you and washing you and cleaning you up and delivering you and setting you free from all of sin and despair. You could do this till the cows come home and it will not get you out of hell. But I'm telling you, if you walk with Christ, accept him as your savior, live with him and walk beside him, and then add these principles to your life, you will live with someone that is blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in your field and blessed in your home. God will pour out blessings over your life so that there shall not even be room enough for you to, fu- to, to, to fulfill it. All these things in your life shall come to you if you obey and keep his commandments. You cannot expect to have the blessings of God and willingly commit sin in the house of God or around there. It is a prerequisite to live holy before a holy God. The Bible tells us, verse 20, Matthew 5, 20, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You've got to trust in Christ's righteousness and allow his fulfillment of those laws and the prophets to be yours. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Are you a friend of God? We used to sing that song. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. But that doesn't mean I get to live any old way I want to live. Add that to the course. doesn't really work. But the point is, I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend as I obey him. As I live for him. I know he purchased my salvation, but he has told me that i got to live holy as he is holy. I know when I've messed up and make a mistake and, and falter in an area that his grace is sufficient for me. His mercy is going to cover me and he's going to pick me up and he's going to help me and he's going to walk beside me and help me through this situation and he's going to deliver me over to the other side. I understand that. I received that. But I also have an obligation to live for him. I have an obligation to work for him. I have an obligation to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, meaning that I lay down my life and pick up his life crucify myself. I pick up his burden. I pick up his mantle. In verse 15, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You see, when when you have a servant in those days, you don't have to tell them why. I told you to do it and that's it. You see, God doesn't say, live holy, and then you don't know why. He says, I've told you all these things. Why? Because I don't want you to live groping in darkness, wondering what's going on in your life. I don't want you living in an atmosphere of defeat. I don't want you living in an atmosphere of despair. I don't want depression over your house. I don't want your goods to be broken apart. I don't want your life to be completely and totally destroyed. I want you to be blessed. Let me, let me make it clear. 
There are laws in this land. And if you break them, you get arrested. And depending on which law will depend on the severity of your punishment, of your crime, depending on the law that you broke. If you're rolling down the road here doing 150 miles an hour, they may take your car and your license and all that stuff. You go five miles over the speed limit, you just might have to pay a ticket and be done. Depending on how and what you do will depend on the severity of your punishment. And here's the other thing that kind of gets under people's skin. Just because you don't know the speed that's supposed to be out there is no excuse. I tried that. Trust me. I had no idea, officer, that it was 35 miles an hour and I was doing 57. I didn't know you have a speed trap right here from that moment to there. He didn't like that either. Just because you don't know the law. I talked to the IRS. Just because you don't know how to file doesn't mean you don't have to file. Just because you don't know the situations does not mean that you don't have to do them. It still means you have to do it. I want to tell you that God has set up law over this world. He, uh, just to give you some examples, he set up gravity. It's a law. Grab something and throw it up in the air and see if it comes back down. It will. It's the law of gravity. We recognize it. It's in place. God set up a system in this world so that life can exist. If you try to break gravity, you're going to, you're going to find out the hard way you can't break the law and live. I mean, you try to, try to do certain things. I mean, we can suspend ourselves in air. We can, we can create airplanes and, and build these things and fly in the air. But eventually something's going to have to come back down to the earth. Why? Because gravity is a law. You see, when you don't understand that there are spiritual laws in the world, whether you don't realize they exist or not, it's not an excuse. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 that, there is, that God has made it obvious that he is God and he's in creation and in the world, but people have blinded themselves to the knowledge of God and turned themselves over to, to unseemly things and have, have created this atmosphere of life without God. And I want to tell you that is not an excuse to the Lord to tell him, God, I didn't know. Read Romans chapter 1. Because the process of your life, God says, if you are breaking all the law and all the spiritual principles that I have in the world and you don't live by them and talk by them, you cannot be blessed. But I have a pathway. I have an atmosphere by which you can be blessed in your home and your life if you obey me. If you obey me. And so he says, no longer do I just call you servants. I tell you why. I call you friends. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you, sh- you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Can you imagine the blessing to ask the Father whatever you need in the name of Jesus and know he's going to give it to you? How do you how can you qualify to ask something like that? First you got to be saved. But then as you live life before the Lord seeking the heart of God, God is going to bless that what you are asking him for. And so this this principle this principle is clear in scripture. Asking God what you have need of, your father longs to 
give it to you, to bless you. But you have to be living according to his commandments. And how do you do that? Do no harm to anybody and love the Lord your God with all your heart. That qualifies you. These things I command you, verse 17 says, that you love one another. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying, on the right side of the the second tablet of two, love one another. Care for one another. Now, I want to share with you, just today, I don't have time to go into all of them, just the first set here. I want to share with you one way of these commandments. And then over the next few weeks, process of time here, how the Lord leads me, I'm going to show all of these principles to you. But first of all, so we understand, Sister Connie, if you go ahead and put that graphic back up, on the left side is loving God, and on the right side is loving your neighbor. But I, some of you are kind of like you have system or analytical minds, and it is not an accident that there are five on one and five on the other. And the reason why is the top two are related. The second are related. The third are related. The fourth are related. And the fifth are related. There is spiritual principle that are found within these things, that within these, these passages. So if you were looking at these original Ten Commandments, if I had this big old thing of commandments, and I looked at number one right here, it's not going to say Roman numeral one or anything like that. It would have been in Hebrew. And in fact, it would have been on the right side because Hebrews go from right to left. But that's a different thing. You'll get it later. So you you start over here. If you're reading your natural eye as it goes across, you will read, no other gods before me. And then on the other side, do not murder. This principle is the same. This principle is is the same. And I want to show you in scripture this morning as we understand this. So this is foundational. This this sermon right here is the foundation for understanding the 10 commandments as we continue on over the next couple of weeks. So let me tell you this. Some of y'all are looking at me like, "What? The pastor just lost his mind." So what I'm telling you is there is a principle found and have no other gods before me and do not murder They both are the same except expressed in different environments. So the principle is that whatever it is that have no other gods before me, it's expressed vertically saying that whatever that principle is, I will have no other gods before me, and that's a vertical way of saying it. On the other side of it, there's a horizontal relationship here. And the same principle that says have no other gods before me, loving your neighbor as yourself is murder. Is not murder. So let's let's look at this. Okay? The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us after Jesus spoke, after Jesus spoke, the Matthew chapter 5, verse, verse 17. Remember, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. The first thing Jesus talks about in the gospel of Matthew. You ever ask yourself why did Matthew put this right here? The first thing Matthew talks about is Matthew 5.21. He says, you have also heard it was said of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, 
I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way and first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Now what Jesus is saying is he's saying that this principle of loving your God with everything and fulfilling that law as it's expressed here, saying do not murder, but he's telling, he's developing that. He's saying, I'm not just talking about killing somebody. I'm saying that you have such a low opinion of them that you are calling them a fool. Calling your brother Raka shall be in danger of a council. If you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. You see, what this is, now what this principle is, And hear me, listen very carefully. The principle that relates commandment number one to commandment number six is this. It's failing to recognize God or failing to recognize him. So failing to recognize God is expressed by saying, I'm going to have other gods. By failing to recognize somebody over here is expressed by wanting to, to get rid of him. Now hear me this morning. You don't walk around doing this as I said. Jesus said it's an attitude of your heart. Let me say it another way from a, ver- from a horizontal so that you can understand the principle. This is saying in your mind when you put your head down on your pillow at night and you say within your heart about your neighbor, about your friend, about somebody, my life is better without them in this world. Hear me. Did you hear what I said? My life is better without them in this world. What you are saying in your heart, you are calling them a fool. You are calling them raka. You are, you are in danger of hellfire because why? You have said within yourself that somebody that is created in the image of God, somebody that God loves, somebody that God cares about, you want to remove from this earth. You are in danger of, of, not, of, a, of, of, of you are holding up the blessing of God. In fact, he says very clearly, he says it even further. He says deep within your spirit, hear, hear the word of God. If you, if you even go deeper within this, if you come to church and you're worshiping God and you come to the presence of God and you realize that you have something against your neighbor, some kind of issue in your life, go work it out because your prayer isn't going up. Your prayer is not getting to the throne. Your, your, your anointing, your, your blessing, you want to be blessed. God wants to pour it down on you. But there's, you are violating this principle in Scripture. You're violating this principle of loving your neighbor or doing no harm to your neighbor. And what? how can you murder somebody and not actually touch them? You can ignore them. And what you can do, you can say, my life is better without God in this world, so you can't murder God. What do you do? You ignore God. 
You get to the point you ignore him, ignore him, ignore him to the point that you don't even believe there is a God. And that, that violation, that first principle of scripture, you are violating and preventing God from blessing you in your life. If somebody has bothered you, the Bible makes it clear, we're referring to a brother or sister in Christ here. If somebody has violated your, your, your mind and it's over and over and some of you aren't murdering them but you're ignoring them as if they don't even exist in the world so you are calling them as good as dead and what God is telling us is that that literally violates this principle and does not allow for the blessing of God over in your life. It doesn't mean you got to be friends with everybody. It doesn't mean that you got to have everybody over to your house and have dinner. It just means that if there is any issue between you and you, and if there's any issue between you and you and all these things, what it means is, is that if you want the favor of God in your life, live peaceably with all men. You want the favor of God in your life, in your home blessed, in your house blessed, then don't stir up things within your house and in your home and in the church. Love God and work for God and work for their best. My... I remember my aunt. She had a preacher one time that she did not like at all for just reasons, I might say. But I'm a little bit tainted because she's my aunt. But she, I was a lot younger and I was listening to her. And she said, and I was watching to see what, how she would deal with this. And she, she told me privately one day, she said, I don't wish any ill of him. She said, here's what I'm praying for him. That God bless him so much that he goes somewhere else. <laughs> and that's what happened. God bless him so much that he would just go on down the road. Not that we're, not that she wanted him ill, and not that she wanted him to die, because she knew that this man was created in the image of God, and she didn't want to touch one of God's people. On the other side of it, she knew that what he was doing was not right. And so she said, Lord, the only solution I have in my mind is for you to do something miraculous in his life to remove him. And God gave him a much bigger church. The point is, is that when, you, when you're out there and if someone is on your job and somebody you're, you're dealing with in this world, and as you're living this life, the process by which you are, you are to live, the Bible tells us, is not to set up barriers of ignorance so that whenever time anybody, every time this person walks into the room, that everybody gets all frigid. Y'all know somebody's talking about you when someone does that, don't you? You walk into the room and all of a sudden someone just opened up the freezer. You know what I mean? You walk in there and everybody's talking, talking, chattering, and then you walk in and everything just quiets. They smile at you, but no one talks to you. Why? Because they're ignoring you. They're murdering you. According to Scripture. They're not literally taking out the knife. But what they're doing is saying, our office will be better without you in it. So we want you to leave. So we ignore you. So that you will go. God says, I will not bless you until you love them as somebody that's created in my image. That's hard. Doesn't mean you got to come invite them over for your dinner. 
doesn't mean you got to do all these things. But what it's saying is that if you want my blessings, you want my anointing, you want my favor, then you got to be me to them. The Bible tells us that we need to be conformed to the image of Christ. The Bible tells us that he is the one that is our, is our heart, our soul. He's everything to us. And if we are loving our neighbor, if we are walking with Christ, we are actually telling them, if you see me, you've seen Jesus. And so you ask yourself, how would Jesus approach this relationship? How would Jesus approach this situation? How would Jesus approach this in my life and in my house and in my home? How would Jesus approach this? And the reality is, is that there are people that did not get along with Jesus. There are people that did not get along with him as loving and and, and, and as, as blessing as he is. We called them Pharisees and Sadducees. And they were always trying to get after him and trying to destroy him and trying to take him out. And they did not want to be a, a, a They did not want Jesus in this world. They were trying to ignore him. They were trying to throw it away. In fact, they tried to use the same thing with the church. And God kept blessing the church and anointing the church. The, the Sanhedrin said, well, if you just ignore those Christians, you don't, you, you, you won't. They, they will just show up, they'll, they'll deliver, they'll shrivel up, I'm sorry, they'll shrivel up and die. Their religion is worthless and nothing. But the Bible tells us we, every time they ignored us, we kept growing. Every time they tried to stop us and persecute us and literally tried to physically murder us, we kept growing and growing and growing. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord is on us. The favor of God is on the church. We can be ignored as a church in this community. We can be ignored by people out there. But I'm telling you, their ignorance is not going to stop what God wants to do in this place. Just because somebody's trying to push you out and trying to get rid of you does not mean God is not going to bless you and help you. There is trial, Jesus said. The world hates you. Recognize they hated me too. But you've got to hold fast to the idea I'm living for Jesus and not for them. I'm living for the King of kings and the Lord of lords and not for them. I'm living for Jesus Christ and I'm going to live peaceably. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to live with God. I'm going to let God's principles and power live in my life so that my home is blessed, my house is blessed, my children are blessed, my life is blessed because it's more important to me to, to, uh, to love the Lord than to get, get accolades from the things of this world. I want to live faithful before a faithful God. Jesus sees you living faithfully, walking faithfully, and he says to you, I have things for you, great, wonderful things. But don't let anything steal your blessing. Don't let anything come between you and me. He wants to pour over you all. But you've got to let, first of all, let God bless you. You see, as I close here, sister, if you go ahead and come to the piano. You cannot kill God. You can ignore him or try to anyway. Eventually, that's going to fail. The Bible tells us a fool says in his heart, there is no God. There are two ways that you can live. A way of life and the way of death, the Bible tells us. If you choose life, you will be blessed. You will live. The temptation is that when it's inconvenient, Many times we'd rather ignore than be reconciled. I'm jumping on my own toes, y'all. Let me tell you, I've been wrestling with this for weeks. 
But here's what I tell you, and I, I prefaced all this with saying, one day I got to stand before God. The Holy Spirit showed me all this in my office. And if I don't share this with you, He's going to hold me accountable for that. That you got to love people. It doesn't mean, like I said, you, you have different relationships for different people in your life. It just means that you're at peace from your perspective. You've forgiven. You've moved on. You're not ignoring. But you're at peace. You're not allowing it to hang over your head. Let me put it like this. In a story, Jesus told about the same time he was explaining this, this law. He said there was a certain lawyer that stood up and tested him saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to that lawyer, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So the lawyer answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But the lawyer is a little irritated. He wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, and brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So, which, so Jesus turned to the lawyer and says, So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And the lawyer said, He who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. You see the scripture, it's plain before us. But the enemy wants to twist it. He wants to try to get you away from the blessing that God has for you. But God is telling us, First, there came a priest down the road, but seeing the thief beat up, sorry, seeing the man beat up by thieves, goes to the other side. This tells us the law can't help you when you're broken. The Levite came by. This is the people of God. When they walk by, he sees the, sees the man broken, and it can't help you. People of God, we can do some things, but we can't help you where you are when you're broken and confused. But then a Samaritan came by. What is a Samaritan? A Samaritan was half Jewish and half something else. The Bible tells us there was somebody that was fully God 
and fully man, Jesus. Jesus walks by. And he comes down to where we are broken. He comes to where we are beaten up, laid for dead on the side of the road. No one to help us. And he scoops us up. And he pours in oil over us and bandages us up. What is he doing? He's loving us. The Samaritan and that man beaten up, the emphasis here is that they're enemies. The emphasis here is that they don't like each other. They, this goes back from generations. But Jesus said these things don't matter in the kingdom. You see somebody hurting, you walk behind and you heal. You see somebody around you that needs, don't ignore but love them. Don't walk by the other side and say it's not worth my time. Why? Because Jesus would stop. And love and care. Jesus would come and help them and deliver them. Jesus would do the work that needs to be done so that they may be whole and healed and well again. When you recognize that there's only one God, you now have a requirement to live your life as a witness for Him wherever you go. And that means that there are people that will get on your nerves but we cannot treat them as, and murder them in our minds, in our spirits, in our hearts. we got to love them. doesn't mean you got to hang out with them and spend time at the ball field with them. It just means you got to love them. Treat them as God would want them to be treated. It's all simple, is it not? But it's the Word of God. What's the, what's the enticement? Bless going in. Bless coming out. Your enemy comes in one way, he'll flee seven ways. When he rises up a sword against you, there's no weapon formed against you that prosper. You'll be blessed. The Spirit of God will raise up a standard against the enemy that comes to your house. You have the blessing and the favor of God. When you call down things, God's going to bring them. When you bind things, they'll be bound. When you loose things, they'll be loose. You'll have that anointing and that favor and the blessing of God. But you got to live for Christ. you got to live holy before a holy God. Walk beside him, and truly you shall be blessed. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.